Hey everyone, welcome to Asian Glow Up Season 2. We're your hosts, I'm Jackie. I'm April. And I'm Jojo. We're so excited to be back and we have a lot in store with upcoming episodes with topics like CBS, the invisible illness, what it's like to be an independent music artist, and much, much more. On today's episode, we'll be covering what to do when you're in a rut and steps to take on breaking free. So let's jump into the topic for today. I'm wondering if the three of us actually have different definitions of what a rut actually is. When I'm in a rut, I see that as being either unmotivated or just so burnt out that I can't get myself to do anything productive or I can't even get myself to use my brain like binging trash reality shows is kind of my go-to when I'm in this rut I agree like the definition in a rut for me is always choosing something that gives me instant gratification than something where I'm focusing on my long-term goals. This could be food, social media, self-medicating with like alcohol, something that takes my mind off of what I actually need to face and using something to avoid all my problems. Like I have a whole list of things to do that I need to check off. And when I'm in a rut, I look at this to-do list. Even though I'm breaking it down to the smallest step, my mind will just run away from responsibilities. I know I'm in a rut because I'm still choosing something that's hurting me over something that is beneficial. That pretty much closely aligns with how I feel too. But another layer to that that I kind of notice is I just feel really uninspired. Let's say that I really want to draw or make this new thing and procreate. And that's something that I've been trying to do more often. And I have picked it up a bit more recently in like the last month or two, but definitely not where I want to be because, you know, learning a new skill really requires a lot of effort and a lot of hours dedicated to it before you can be decent at it, not even good, like be decent. And I just been feeling really uninspired. Like I'm looking at this blank page and I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) What do I do? (laughs) And for me too, being home in Las Vegas with my family, I never leave my house, basically in my bedroom for the entire day. And everything just feels super redundant. All the days are blending into one. And Mm -hmm. just being home and seeing the same things every day, doing the same thing, having the same exact routine with zero change has also, I think, been a big factor in me feeling like I'm in a rut right now. There's just nothing like stimulating my Mm -hmm. life or my thoughts. Yeah, I remember sending you one article, April, how we were talking about if you do your routine day by day, yes, it's a good thing. But also if you never switch it up, your mind tends to group that all together. And now even thinking about COVID, my life was so redundant to the point where I feel like COVID literally only lasted maybe like a month month. or two just because... (laughs) It feels like all those days are combined. Like I can't separate a day from another just because everything felt Mm -hmm. the same. So like that article was just talking about even adding like a new walkway to work or a new activity that you did just to kind of break up the monotonous. It really helps your brain like, oh, I have a lot more memories and I'm, it's more stimulating for you to actually be like, oh, I want to do more stuff just so I'm actually living my life. Yeah. I remember when we first talked about this, this was actually pre-COVID and I took a different route to work. And I remember that day so clearly. (laughs) So I think it really, you know, is true. But now that we're home, there's not really a way for me to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, where the issue stems from. What's actually helped me with that, because I have the exact same issue where if I try to recall 
like, sure, there have been some really iconic, I guess, memories I have of the last year. But if I try to think of everything as a whole, it kind of just went really fast. And I can't really remember anything super significant other than like birthdays. But what I'm starting to do this year is I got a passion planner and I'm actually taking note. I'm not like marking what I'm doing every hour, but if something happened that made me feel really good or happy, like for example, last night I watched a movie with my parents and that seems like such a normal thing, but this whole week I was just working and that was my first time I got to really hang out with them. So I wrote down at 9 p.m. last night, I watched a movie with my parents and I think that'll help me maybe at the end of the year when I'm going through my passion planner, I'll look at it and be like, okay, yeah, that was such a small moment, but it made me feel really good. So I think like making lists and using my passion planner is going to really help me with that issue. What is that thing that Jackie, you were telling us the other day about when you give into your faults? Weakness? The resistance. The resistance. That's what you're saying. There you go. So it's just when I really give into those toxic traits of being lazy, of just not really feeling motivated, it's so much easier to get into bed, curl up, and start a new Netflix show than Mm -hmm. it is to say, okay, I really need to get my shit done for the podcast, for work, for my personal projects, for whatever. Because I think I really am the type of person that just has so many interests all the time. It's always like, go, 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 wanting to try something new. I just get really like infatuated with new things. And I'm always like, that would be so fun. I need to try that out. But Mm -hmm. then you have so many things that you want to do. You almost feel like it's too much. And then it's just easier to not do anything. And then once I kind of fall into a pit of that and it becomes a pattern, that's when I feel myself being in a rut because I kind of look back at my last week and think there's so many things that I'm interested in and wanted to do, but I do nothing. Yeah, I definitely agree because I always feel like when I'm getting too comfortable, I tend to do nothing, especially being work from home when, you know, your bed's right next to you or a couch is right next to you. It's so easy just to like sit down and like, oh, I'll just take a 10 minute mm-hmm. break, hop on social media. And that accidentally turns into one hour, two hours, five hours to the point where TikTok's literally like get off. (laughs) I think it's time. And I'm like, wow, I've been spending just too much time not focusing on my goals and where I actually want to go in life. I'm focusing on just being very comfortable and not doing anything just because I'm feeling comfort now. And I'm always going for the instant gratification instead of the long-term goals that I set for myself. But since it's so long-term and I feel like it's so far from me, I'm like, I can start tomorrow. And that's where the problem comes when it's like, oh, I can always do it the next day. And the procrastination always takes over. So my toxic trait that gets me into a rut is that I compare myself to everyone. And I think that's been just like really exacerbated by social media. But I think TikTok has really made me realize that, wow, Gen Z, they're all so much younger than me. And they're founding their own companies. They're making millions of dollars from just being famous. So when I open my phone and I get a little distracted, I start to compare myself to all these people that I see on social media. And it makes me feel like, wow, why didn't I think of that first? And now I'm not motivated to do something else. I actually don't completely understand what you mean. So for example, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I can do whatever... I put my mind to like, sure, if I really put all my time and energy into making TikToks, and maybe I could also go viral and make money off of being a content creator. If I really put 
all my time and energy into being a YouTuber like this one person, then maybe I could do it too. But it's like, I don't have the time because of my nine to five, but I tend to devalue my own self-worth by comparing myself to all the successes of other content creators out there, I guess. Like even with this podcast, it's easy to be like, oh, these creators have 200 more followers than us, or they get this many more listens than us. And that means they're better when I don't want to continue devaluing our hard work. And Mm -hmm. obviously like we put so much time and energy into our podcast, but I think now I just need to shift my mentality into, yes, that person is doing a great thing, but that shouldn't make me feel, what's the word? Like you're working any less. Yeah. Like seeing other people's success should demotivate me. If anything, that should make me feel like there is potential to get to their level as well. Can you describe how you feel when you see these things? Like what exactly about it makes you feel demotivated or like in a rut? I think it's the fact that for me personally, I have to be creative in my nine to five. So it's hard for me to find Mm. creative energy outside Mm -hmm. of that because like April, I have so many little things that I want to do. And like I have this really long to-do list, but a lot of the goals I have don't overlap. Like one of them is to make, like I'm just like making something up. Like one of them is to be a successful YouTuber with this whole Animal Crossing thing I've got going on. (laughs) But that doesn't necessarily overlap with this podcast stuff. And it's not like I don't want to do both or that I think I can't do both, but I have to like divide my time up in a way that benefits not only you guys, but also me. So it's just like me internally struggling with how to use my creative energy. No, I feel that because it's like, okay, we recorded this episode. We figured out our social media calendar. I'm like, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do anything else that requires me to think about like how to sell myself or branding or that needs me to be creative and my nine to five doesn't need me to be creative all the time but Mm -hmm. your job is literally to be creative (laughs) like your title is art director so I can see how that can be like annoying at times (laughs) especially Mm -hmm. when you were like us and we like have so many things that we want to do when COVID hit I got really into the self-improvement self-help realm of just productivity, you know, mindset and all that stuff. But the one thing that they don't tell you is that too much introspection is not good just because Mm. I spend so many hours listening to self-help books, reading, writing notes, endless amounts of journal entries and doing all this stuff of self-awareness. But the one thing that I wasn't doing was actually taking action. So I felt like Mm. I had all these tools and my mind really felt like I was doing something. But then when I look back at it, I was like, I made no actions on anything that I did. Like I was being aware and I had all of this (laughs) knowledge to use to actually do things. But the one thing I never did was making that first step of putting it into play. And I think that I tricked myself thinking I was actually doing a lot more until I had to sit back down with myself and be like, wait, even though I am reading into a lot of stuff, I have to do the actual steps. You have to actually act on it Mm -hmm. for it to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Then do you feel more prepared now that you've been doing your own research on self-help or do you feel like you've almost done too much research? Definitely. I have, I feel like I have all the tools now um, Mm -hmm. a lot better, especially just like doing therapy and doing something 
where it's like constant on my mind. I think I went a little overboard where it was like the only thing I was listening to. It was the (laughs) only thing I wanted to talk about. Like the only thing constantly on my mind. And I was like, wait, I need to balance this where I don't feel this pressure to do more even if I'm not doing anything. So after you realize you're in a rut, what are some steps to get out of it? I think the very first thing is just to acknowledge and be aware that it's happening. I think the worst thing about being in a rut is not knowing you're in a rut and then you're mm-hmm. just kind of spiraling. Mm-hmm. You, you have to take a step back and say, okay, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's causing it or these are maybe some of the things that are causing it. And, and then really just think about how you can get yourself out of it. So I think one of the first things is just, just understand that time will pass. This is just a passing feeling. This isn't who you are. You're not a lazy, unmotivated, uncreative Mm -hmm. person. You are more than your rut. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think a good next step after acknowledging that you're in a rut is to talk about it because it's helpful to know that you aren't alone. And Mm -hmm. I'm lucky in that I feel like I have people who are also like-minded and also goal-driven that we can talk about these things like you guys. And it really helps to just talk it out and be able to help each other. No, I I totally agree because I always feel like when you're talking to people and you have friends, like you want to hold yourself on a high level so people can look up to you. Like, look at this person, like they have it all together. I want to be like that. But then sometimes you don't want to share your burdens onto other people. And sometimes I know I'm that person to never ask for help because I'm scared to reach out or or like, I don't want to feel like I'm a failure because if I'm asking for help, like that's the feeling that I get. Like when April brought this topic up, I was like, oh wow, it's nice to know that other people are going through the same thing and that we can be open to talk about it and just have having supportive friends because no matter what it's like I can lean on these people or you guys to hold me up when I'm not feeling my strongest yeah and if you don't have anyone to talk to about this stuff feel free to dm us because Mm -hmm. we're more than happy to talk about this and talk it out maybe we'll start a clubhouse room on it and then we can have even more discussions but don't be afraid to reach out if you have no one The last thing I want to add, my therapist says, I'm not being present. I'm always thinking about the past or the future. And that's when the anxiety comes in. Like I'm very future oriented. So my thoughts are focused on something that hasn't even happened. So I have to always take a moment to be like, okay, you know, what is in front of me? What am I experiencing at this current moment? And how I can be more present and focus on the now than the past and the future. Something that helped me become more self-aware was one of the prompts in my passion planner. And I know I've mentioned my passion planner like three times. Sponsor us. (laughs) But I'm really excited about it. And one of the first prompts was map out your strengths and weaknesses. In the moment, all of my weaknesses were all pointing to the fact that I'm stuck right now. A few of the ones that I wrote down were that I'm a perfectionist and that almost makes me too scared to start a project because If it doesn't have the results that I'm expecting, then will that just push me back and not want to work on anything like that again? And the fact that I am a people pleaser and I put myself second in a lot of situations in my life, and that can also keep me from progressing. I feel like self-awareness isn't something that you can teach, but like Jojo said, you know, there are other ways for you to kind of explore your feelings and your thoughts you know like not everyone has a therapist not everyone has a passion planner but I think a good way to to start is to 
maybe ask yourself why you're feeling like more negative lately or maybe why you're feeling less motivated. How can I tell you how you're feeling? You know, I think it's really up to that person to to have that self-awareness and challenge themselves to be their best self every day. I'm a very visual learner and person in general. So I like to do mind maps or just write things out or just list things out. And that helps me visualize and understand what I either need to do or what I'm lacking. So if you're also a visual person, or maybe even if you're not, I would recommend trying out just literally taking a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be pretty. Just writing out all of your feelings and then trying to circle them or group them and see what the similarities are between these words. What should we be doing to avoid getting in a rut? Maybe try being proactive about not getting there in the first place. So really keep in mind what keeps you inspired and consistently putting yourself in a situation where you're, you know, challenging yourself in a healthy way. You're seeing new things and trying new things, but not to the point where it's too much. So just having that balance. I know for Mm -hmm. sure that's something that I need to work on personally because like I said, I... I'm definitely a huge couch potato. I'm like in bed all the time and it's like my safe place. One of the biggest things also would be to keep your word with yourself. So don't lie to yourself. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but basically I think we all need to train our brains to know for a fact that we won't break our own promises. So an example of that would be, you know, you tell yourself, okay, after I finish dinner, I'm going to work on this project. If you say that to yourself, But then once you finish dinner, you open up the latest K-drama on Netflix, you just lie to yourself. Because right before dinner, you told yourself that you were going to be productive. So I think just consistently going through on your promises with yourself, in the long run, your brain's going to say, okay, we can't play games here. Mm -hmm. We got to do what we said we were going to do. And I think that is something that takes a lot of discipline and takes a lot of time for you to build that skill. But I think it's really going to help you, not just with your promises for yourself, but I think it also reflects you as a person in general, you know, like for me personally, it's a lot easier to keep promises that I make for my friends than Mm -hmm. promises that I make to myself. I don't know about you guys, but like I, you know, like wouldn't want to let one of you guys down. I wouldn't want, you know, anyone else to be negatively affected. But For me, sometimes it's like, eh, like I can do this later. Like it's not that Mm -hmm. serious. But, you know, that's actually really damaging if you do it every single time you need to be productive or every time you need to do anything. So that's probably one of the biggest things to just train your subconscious to assist you in building those positive habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I tend to want to really please other people, whether it's my coworkers, my friends, my family members. So that said, if I treated you guys or if I was as flaky with you guys as I am with my own personal goals, whether it's fitness or anything, we would probably <laughs> not be friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, why do I do this? Like, I wouldn't do this to someone else. Yeah. You know, so I think that is something that I also need to work on. But yeah, I think I think it's a good place to start for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to add, especially when you are making promises to yourself, you can make them super small and just try to hit the mini ones because they really do build up. Like say if you have a goal of working out and it's cold that day, but the the least you can do for yourself is just say like, oh, I'm just going to put my shoes on today. And putting on your workout shoes is the smallest (laughs) little task, but it's just something to tell yourself. I'm like, wow, I said something and I followed through with it. Additionally to 
like not lying to yourself, but just also being very kind and watching how you are talking to yourself. Because a lot of times, like if I end up saying, oh, I'm going to do this and do something completely opposite, that's not in my goal set. I tend to be like, oh, I'm a failure. You know, I suck at doing this. And I'm noticing my internal self-talk is so toxic to myself. And I would never say that to you guys in the case that like you guys are trying to reach your goals, you know, so I have to Mm -hmm. catch myself that if I wouldn't say this to like my best friend or someone I'm trying to help, why am I saying this to myself? It's like that saying treat others how you want to be treated, but opposite. It's like treat yourself (laughs) how you treat your friends. And then when we are finally in a rut, I would say the one thing I do recommend is just systems and routine really just finding your why to set those systems and routine into structure and taking those little baby steps to finally get yourself into the end of the tunnel. What's really helped me is kind of setting up like little rewards throughout the day. Like for example, if I know I need to work out this week, I will take the time to make like a bomb playlist full of like hot girl songs that really motivate me. (laughs) Um, So I like loaded up a playlist with Sweetie and Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B and my girl Ari and that got me really excited. And then I actually did end up working out and it's kind of like a reward because I get to like I had to spend the time to make that playlist, but it almost felt like motivation to get me going. And another huge thing I've started to do, I always try to make my bed in the morning. I mean, of course, a big reason is that I am like always on video calls with my coworkers so they can see my bed, just the way that my laptop's positioned. So I kind of have to, but even on the weekends, I try to make my bed because that also keeps me from wanting to crawl into it as easily. And it also just, it just sets my mind up to get into work mode for the rest of the day. Yeah, what you just said reminds me of one of the key themes in the book, The Power of Habit. When you really want to change a habit in your life, you need to identify a few key things. So it's not just the habit itself. You need to think about what's triggering that habit that's maybe not good. And then in order for you to change that habit, you need to change that trigger into something that's more positive and then Mm -hmm. we have the same reward after. Basically, the author, I forgot his name, but he kind of (laughs) outlines how in every habit, you do it because there's a, a feeling of reward after, right? So if you want to change your habits, especially if it's something bad, you want to find a way that you still get that same satisfaction and that same quote-unquote reward just in a different way. But I also wanted to talk about systems versus goals because I know Jackie mentioned earlier about how we all need to build new systems and routines that will help us not get into that rut in the first place. It's important to kind of differentiate between those Like they are slightly interchangeable, but I think when you really get down to the nitty gritty, they are very different and they Mm -hmm. do different things. So when you think of goals, you think of like New Year's resolutions. Like my goal this year is to, let's (laughs) say I want to make two new Procreate drawings every week. That's my goal. But that's so broad and that's not actually going to really help me with a system. It's different because then you think, okay... Here's an outlined step-by-step guide to how I'm going to reach that goal. So an example of creating a system in my life that will help me achieve the goal of creating two procreate pieces a week would be, let's say, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday after work, I'll dedicate to practicing and brainstorming and really thinking about different things that I could do. Another example would be like leaving out my iPad and my Apple Pencil 
next to my bed and little things like that that help you achieve your goal. So I think when we tie it back to the context of being in a rut and thinking about how to not get there in the first place or how to get out, you really need to outline what those actionable steps are and really incorporate it in a realistic way that you will actually do and follow because, you know, it is easy to set so many goals. And Jackie, do you want to leeway into the whole like keystone goal thing or keystone habit? So when you are creating your routine and your goals and making the steps to do so, we have multiple things that we want to hit. So, you know, waking up early, drinking more water, meditating, reading books, all this stuff that we know will help us. But one thing that people recommend is focusing on one keystone habit that will continue to flow down into all of your other habits. So say if you want to drink more water, read more, meditate, all that that stuff, one habit that you can focus on is just waking up early. Once you have waking up early and focusing on one habit, it'll allow you to finally make those steps into the other goals that you have instead of having like eight different goals and you're like, I want to do all at once. One thing I did want to add to yours as well is like, although we are very goal-based, but also taking in mind to be value-based as well, because we're always setting goals, but I feel like after we hit goals, we're like, oh, we hit this, and then we revert back to our old selves. But if we look at it more on like the value-based side, it's like, oh, like one of my values is being able to show up myself and I'm valuing like creativity, everything I'm hitting after these goals, it it relies all back into my one value that, you know, I set for myself. I think another thing that really helps inspire me is that this doesn't apply to everything, but just seeing the progress and recognizing it is huge. Like for example, when let's say that I'm also doing two procreates a week, it's really nice to be able to look back on what you made and In this sense, comparison is actually a good thing when you compare your own work to what you've made in the past. It's nice to see the improvement and being able to literally see in front of you the progress that you've made. So we just talked a lot about how you can change your mindset and develop these habits for yourself, but I feel like that's difficult if you don't have the right physical environment around you to set you up for the success. What are some things that you guys have done to make sure that you can really thrive in your physical space. I think adding positive triggers in your physical environment to set yourself up for success is really important. So an example of this would be like lighting a candle. Every time that you light a candle, it means that you're setting the mood for yourself to work. Yeah, I like the one where you mentioned Jojo, just like making your bed, it just like starts off the day. Or like I know me when I'm working, like my desk starts to get cluttered all the time. And when I have a cluttered space, that's kind of reminding me that I have a cluttered mind. So just taking that first step, throw away the small stuff on my desk. That's like the little thing I could do in that moment. But it really makes a big difference on how like my mind is and how I'm seeing my work. So similar to keeping a you know clean and tidy physical space, because that does affect our brain, I think it's important to make sure that your phone or your laptop, computer, or whatever is also decluttered. So whether this means having a clean desktop or deleting apps from your phone that you know isn't serving you. So for example, having TikTok on my phone is like such a huge time suck. And I deleted it for a few months and I didn't miss it at all. So just little things like that. And I think another layer to that too would be to unfollow people 
on Instagram or just really any social media platform that doesn't bring you joy. Obviously, you should follow people that inspire you and maybe you admire. But I think once it crosses that line of being negative and it's not serving you anymore, definitely don't follow that person. Mute people if you have to. I've definitely been a fan of that. Meet people, you know, maybe it's someone that you know. And it's really strange how unfollowing people is like a huge statement. And if you don't want to do that, just meet them. It's easy. You just, I think it's like two clicks on their profile. Mm-hmm. I highly encourage people to do that and to really create your feed, your digital existence to really inspire you and put you in a position where you're motivated to be better, to do better, and inspired to keep creating whatever you want to create. I think something that's also really helpful if you don't want to completely delete the app off your phone would be to limit the time that you spend on these apps. So I know for iPhones, you can limit yourself. So for example, on Instagram, I think I limited myself to like 40 minutes. Do I go over every now and then? (laughs) Yes, of course. But just the fact that that's there keeps me, just makes me a little bit more mindful. Because once it hits that, like, oh, there's only 15 minutes left. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've kind of been on Instagram for a hot minute. So yeah, I think these are all little things that can definitely clear up a lot of brain space in the long run. So I have a really bad habit of wanting to check my phone anytime I get a notification. So that means if I'm in a meeting, whether it's with a client even sometimes or just with like my internal team, I will check it no matter what. So that can also totally take me out of the work environment And I get sucked into any conversation I'm having with whoever just sent me that notification. So I think for me, it's being more present in the physical space by putting my digital self away, I guess. So like putting my phone further away or even I haven't done this yet personally, but I know that you both have set time limits on certain apps and I feel like that wouldn't work for me because I would just press ignore. But I think just having that notification pop up would be helpful to just be able to quantify how much time I'm really spending on these apps. I think it's safe to say we're not always going to be productive all the time. That's not really a human characteristic. It's okay to be perfectly imperfect and taking breaks are actually essential But it's crucial for us to be able to turn those breaks into our minds resting and re-energizing to be able to do what we want to do. All of these tidbits we shared, you know, are obviously all things that we still need to work on, but it's definitely a good start. Thanks for tuning in to our very first episode of Asian Glow Up Season 2. We hope that hearing our experiences and tips that we provided can help you get back on track. If you find yourself in a rut and would love to discuss, our DMs are always open. So feel free to reach out anytime. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to follow us at Asian Globe Pod on Instagram and subscribe to us on your platform of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and more. See you guys next week.